Saka, please. Hello and welcome to Indicast episode number 221. I'm your host Aditya and along with me I have Abhishek. Hello everyone and we come back to you a week after Diwali. A week after Diwali? Two weeks after Diwali, yes. Hope you guys had a good one. How was Diwali? We were all at home. The whole of India probably was at home, hopefully. Not a lot of firecrackers this time from people around me. Corona, there is a firecracker by the brand name of Corona as well. And it has, it's not just now, it has been there forever, for, for a long, long time. Corona, you know those red and green crackers yeah, that used yeah, to get? Yeah. And then Coronation was another brand. So it was quiet, huh? Diwali was quiet. Diwali was quiet. No, none of those, I don't, I haven't seen Lakshmi bomb and Sutri bomb or that 10,000 ka ladi. Or 5,000 Kaladi, which used to be the most popular ones during our growing up when we were kids. Diwali used to be fun. You buy a whole bunch of crackers and then you sit with your sibling and then you split the crackers. <laughs> that this is yours, this is mine. And then get up in the morning, uh, try to steal some crackers from the other guy. Uh, that used to happen. You had a sister. You have a sister. I think you would have been on the receiving end, right? At least I was the elder one. <laughs> You had, yeah, yeah. But yes, yes, those were the days. And, and in fact, now these days, uh, there are universities trying to come up with green crackers. Or there are oh. crackers which, uh, when you send them up in the air as a rocket, they will explode seeds, plant seeds instead of, uh, you know, light and smoke. Wow. But a few things need to be, need to be, if you're going to do them, then do it the right way, right? I mean, you can't have fat-free jalebi. <laughs> Or gulab jamun. You know what I mean? Some things have should be bad and should be kept. I've never heard of anyone buying these. They just make good stories in newspapers when you read them. So not sure how commercially <laughs> successful these are. But I looked up, uh, as you do, Delhi's air quality. Uh, during Diwali, it was the worst in four years. So sadly, not everybody's off firecrackers. It was severe really? is what I read. Hmm. It'll also be interesting to see what happens to the stubble burning and all those sort of related issues and the pol- related pollution issues. All right, let's head on towards our first story that we have, which is about doing good. This particular story actually popped up in my in my Google News update. I found out that this is actually an older story, and the news which is based and <laughs> my son in the background. Yes, you can hear. This new story is about uh, the forest man of India, who is uh, Jadao Payang, if I pronounce his name right. His story is going to be taught in schools, in Bristol, Connecticut school, actually, uh, to sixth grader on how important it is for even one person's contribution. It is an example of how one person's contribution can have a big impact on ecology. Because this one man over four decades has planted a 550 hectare forest without any incentive. In fact, a one journalist from uh, Assam accidentally discovered him when he went to click some photographs in that area. In 2010, that is after 30 years, somebody discovered that this one guy has planted trees near uh, Jorat. Jorat district. So Payeng, he started planting trees at this place back way back in 1979 when he was 16. 
he came across this sandbar and he saw dead snakes on it that had basically died because of excessive heat after floods and so that is where he started planting bamboo seedlings etc and then he started working on forest in 1979 the social forestry division of golaghat district in assam they had a tree plantation scheme of 200 acre and after that was done he sort of just stayed back he just hung around and took care of the saplings took care of the trees and planted more trees now um, they, he when when asked how many trees have you planted he is like malum nahi it's been such a long time that i have been doing it this entire forest is mine uh, which is now known as molai forest it has tigers in it it has bengal tigers indian rhinoceros there are around 100 or deers all sorts of monkeys birds there is a pack of elephant pack of elephant or what is it is it herd what is a collective noun for elephants huh multiple elephants <laughs> number <laughs> they 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 show up every heard, season heard heard uh, heard of, heard of elephants yeah <laughs> they they show up every season stay hangs you know make their make it their home make this molai forest their home for 6 months before going back and he in 2015 it was he was you know he was honored with the padma shri uh, this entire thing is students in the us in connecticut they are going to be learning about it we should have one chapter on him in state curriculum in india as well one man in one generation can do what he did we all learn about uh, setting up a company or being a brilliant sportsman Th- speaking of which you remember we had a story of gavaskar scoring a double century against some team with a one or two rotten or broken teeth so he had to take painkillers and do it so that the chapter showed us how important it is to you know press on when you are in pain as i said so this 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 one by a distance qualifies for you know kids to learn about a single handed i i always think i mean you know with me just planting trees what's going to happen right one person doing that but apparently it does work and this guy is an example of it jadav payan he's a practical man he said he said you know i married late he married at 42 he has two sons and daughter who are in the same quote unquote profession where they milk the cattle and when he was asked that you know the lions who come from the kaziranga national park they feast on your cattle what do you have to say he says they see cattle as food it's not their fault they are just doing their job so very very <laughs> down to earth there is a documentary on youtube just 15 20 minutes by the same journalist who broke the story and this guy is very he just doesn't understand why the world doesn't get it that it's important for us to plant trees <laughs> yeah he's won numerous awards and he's he's not too happy about people not you know don't give me awards just plant trees that's more than enough for me Uh, yeah because the government uh, tried to get uh, the that area that forest uh, a unesco world heritage site but the application has been has been rejected each time it was applied for so he's hopeful he's hopeful malai forest Mol- molai forest molai forest yes so next time you are in that area i have never been to the northeast india have you been to northeast india man? no it's sad let's do it man but this whole corona situation has Played a spoiled sport completely. Another six months, I think, and then we should be. I think people think... here have anyway forgotten about Corona. It was Diwali. It was more like people were out and about in Diwali as if Corona had taken a break itself. <laughs> Second Corona. wave is what everyone's talking about now. Fingers crossed. Second, third wave. No, this is the third wave. नहीं अपने लिए तो the first wave itself took a while to peak in India. So... <laughs> wow, wow. Hey, we shouldn't be laughing. We shouldn't about be laughing this. while laughing about it. Yeah. Anyway so 
2020 continues its its reputation to be one of the worst years. Maradona also died, passed away due to a heart attack. How much did it impact you as a football player? He was the superstar when I was getting started in football, right? So he was like Maradona was the thing, right? 86, right? 86 was his impression when he made the biggest impression and I was like six years old then. Maradona was amazing, man. I mean, I had, I remember having VHS tapes on him, about him, seeing it over and over again. So Maradona was it, man. I think that goal against England. Goal of the century. Goal of the century. I think I saw, I watched it at your house. I don't know if it was on one of your tapes or it was just on TV. You told me, abhi ye dekh, ye dekh. Kaisa hai dekh. But we haven't been able to control the play in midfield the way that Maradona has been able to do. And he's hurting England again here. It's a brilliant run. It's one of the World Cup great goals. 10.8 seconds, 44 strides, 12 touches, dribbled past five English players, feigned a shot against the goalkeeper and then he scored a goal. And England striker Gary Lineker, he said, I felt like applauding. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't do it. He has this a good tribute video asset that went viral, I think, even on Twitter, where he's talking about Maradona and the greatness of Maradona and the ball control that he had. In Mexico City, The this was like, the country did not have good turf and it was, the fields were like freshly laid. So they were uneven. So the one part of the grass used to be soft, the other hard, and they were cut up and placed on the ground. You know how those those things work, right? You grow the grass somewhere, you cut it up and put it here. So they did not even have time for the grass to grow evenly. So soft hard So he's like he's dribbling on that, and he was that light footed. So it made that goal. Who only people on the field know how much more difficult that is when the playing conditions are as such. One of the most flawed players. BBC has written this amazing. Um, Okay. Uh, what do you say? Obituary. Obituary, yeah. Obituary. <laughs> Beautiful. I mean, one of the yeah. best, greatest, genius, flawed personality out there, they said. You bet. I, in one of those obituaries by The Guardian, they said that Maradona, for all his fame, he was used by many people, including his friends and clubs. And it said even the military. And he wrote, the author wrote, Maradona was a good diversion when things were difficult for the regime. He kept people happy. The Romans used the circus. Our military used football stadiums, which is awesome, meaning he was that big. There are 19-year-olds in Argentina on the road who are crying when reporters are asking questions. They're saying one of our family members has died. So it's like, you know, you mourning the death of a player whom you never saw. And this is after the personality that he's had. You know, he had drug problems. He went to jail. He went all these things, you know, bad boy didn't own up to his baby that he had. One of his daughters said that he had so many children that he could make up a starting 11 from from all his marriages. That and so everyone talks about Argentina 86 World Cup and clearly he was he single-handedly Aramsi right it was like I think 1996 single-handedly won it for the country. There is this uh, it's a documentary it's a it's a full-fledged movie on, on, on Maradona when you watch it you realize that what he did for when he played in Italy for for his club Napoli, he's like far greater achievement out there playing for Napoli than 
even for Argentina. So uh, Napoli was at the bottom of the league table, almost near relegation. And then they bought him uh, on one of the most, as one of their most expensive purchases. 6.9 million pounds at the time. Yeah, 80,000 people were at the Sao Paulo Stadium when he arrived by helicopter and just to watch him land in Napoli. And this was the time when also the football was completely dominated by northern clubs. So it was not just south at that point, that time. And he took them in three years from relegation single-handedly to league champions in 1987. He arrived there in 1984, I believe, 19, towards the end of 1984. So in three years, league t- title in 1987, UEFA Cup in 1989. Massive impact. He had the big, huge murals to this day when we had visited so he won trophies wherever he went. He made his first professional appearance. 16 years, what, yeah, 20 days? Yeah, you're right. 10 days before his 16th birthday. And he was the <laughs> highest scorer in every season for Argentino Juniors. That was the name of that club. He scored 116 goals in 116 appearances. 16 to 30. It was just uh, leapfrogging from one stage to the next. Imagine the adrenaline rush that one would have had where the whole world, uh, everybody from Goa to Sao Paulo is, is, you know, with you. In 79, he, he won the Youth World Championship as well. Yet at 20, he had scored some uh, 28 goals out of 40 matches and he won the 1982 championship. At 21, Barcelona paid him 5 million pounds, probably the highest at the time. And they got him. And, and he was born in a tin and cardboard shack outside a slum in yes. Buenos Aires. And considered yeah. to be the most dangerous city. What a story. I mean, and he said in one of the interviews that, you know, they, they found me in a place like that. They kicked on my bum. I reached the Eiffel Tower and they expect me to behave properly. Ah, that is the, that is, yeah. Look at where I come from. Look at my upbringing. Look at, you know, what I, then, then you want me to behave like a prince. It doesn't happen, man. Cocaine, so, alcohol, gangsters. He had some mafia connections. In Italy, yeah. Not that that's an excuse for you to do that. There are many people who have done that, who came from that background and did not go, you know, all the way towards the other side. But still, there there is a little bit of that. Also, people are calling for the number 10 to be retired in football. Meaning what? No player should ever wear number 10 is what the proposition is. Yes. (laughs) That's a big one. There is a restaurant in Dubai that he would frequent. That was his favorite place. And he would go and sit on a particular table. The owner of that restaurant has uh, reserved indefinitely that table for Maradona with his photograph and a little lamp, I think. And Ah. people around the world are doing all sorts of things for this flawed genius. Chance per dance. Yeah. That gets impressed by that restaurant guy. But what what life. Yeah, yeah, what life, right? And this is the time when, by the way, it was okay to be tackled from behind. Nowadays, you cannot even touch the player. You touch the player and they go down, first of all. This was the time when full-on peaches you could uh, you could foul them like crazy. Mind-boggling. And this is the time when in his 20s, he was already on drugs, which people didn't know of at the time. And what a personal life. There is something happening and this is what he does on the stadium, lighting it up. We, we know the hand of God. He still doesn't consider it as cheating, by the way. He's like, come on, man. <laughs> He said a, a little with the head of Maradona and a little with the hand of God. Those were his words. And mm. so much so that imagine today with VAR, I think just last week City was playing uh, Liverpool when uh, that referee disallowed a goal because one of their players, a few millimeters where it uh, touched the ball, 
on the part of the hand where was illegitimate and they declined the goal in fact offside rules have become so strict that there is a joke that even if if you've got a longer nose then it's a disadvantage for the striker because he could be caught offside with that var line three dimensional so all these things he he did on field things that he did was when there was no var referees were lenient and all the sort of things so so talking about one one sporting legend to another sporting legend i don't know if people categorize wwf as sporting sport but undertaker if you re- if if you remember he announced his retirement after 30 years in wwf we are doing this on a podcast so i can't see aditya but you can imagine the glee with which he introduced this subject because the two of us and with millions others including all our friends would have grown up to the staple of wwe so much so that i believed it to be true wwf and when my mom dad brought the first set of uh, world book encyclopedia first thing i looked up is wwe and i was wwf i was quite saddened that it was just entertainment but it, it didn't did stop it. me from watching it for the for i don't know in in my early teens until my early teens yeah undertaker retires 30 years in professional sport with a lot of abuse 17 surgeries is what he told recently quite a career yeah and and he was at the peak do you know his real name by the way I had to google it up. You and I don't know. Mark Callaway. Callaway, yeah. So this he's the longest contracted or tenured wrestler in WWF history at 30 years. No one else. He's the he's the only one and he started way back uh, grew up in Texas. It's crazy as to how many actors, current actors, action stars had got their start in WWF. John Cena, Rock, which is yeah. Dwayne Johnson, Triple H. True. How many names can you recall from that uh, era? I, I remember this Razor Ramon, one, two, three, kid, Tatanka, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan. Let Let's make it Let's make it more difficult as such. Okay, you know they had their own finishing moves, right? Yes. So how many people can you name their finishing moves? For example, Hulk Hogan ka finishing move kya tha? I think he would strangle his opponent until he gave up. I don't know what the move was called if if that was the no. right No. No. No, that is what this guy would do. Hulk Hogan ka tha, he would climb up on the ropes and then he would jump on them. It was called the leaping frog on the opponent's neck and then close it. So that was Hulk Hogan. Do you remember Macho Man Randy Savage? Yes, I do. <laughs> I also remember his entry music actually. I'm not going to sing it, but I do remember it. he had a flying elbow drop hmm ddt ddt you remember ddt ddt i no i forgot i think i have drawing a blank right now jake the snake would do it he would I mean, anyways look it up look it up yes DDT. yes i'm looking at google images i know who ddt is now yes suddenly Your the memories da. came rushing back <laughs> then sharp shooter by Uh, uh, I know, I know this one. This is oh, uh, Hitman Heart, Bret Hart. Yes, there you yes. go. There you go. And then, so his finishing move, Undertaker's finishing move, was called the Tombstone. Right. He would turn you upside down, and then he would drop you on your neck. And I remember one more thing. Uh, when he would be flat on the ground, and the opponent would climb the ropes to jump on him, he would suddenly get up, and the other guy would, you know, basically fall on the ring. and he's still the legend you uh, he's been the longest contracted you said uh, yeah. many people before him came and went uh, they had similar positioning from the marketing standpoint there was one called papa shango 
he was a voodoo practitioner he you know didn't la- last long there was another called kamla a cannibal from uganda but this dude undertaker had a manager as well called paul bearer paul if you recall bearer. yeah 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 and and I uh, I started reading a bit about Paul Bearer he was also a licensed funeral director <laughs> so all of these were characters all coming from Vince McMahon's head i mean the undertaker character also came from Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon is by the way a real name yes and i think there are some controversial uh, documentaries on how he fleeced his uh, wrestlers not paying them on time when people were dying of diseases taking steroids and not much was done uh, for them or of them i think john oliver has a brilliant 20 minute segment on on that guy but coming back uh, to this guy undertaker have you 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 must have played trump card right trump cards those yes 23 inch bicep and stuff like that right yeah right right so when lex luger you remember lex luger yeah when, exactly when he would come it would be like 22 and a half inches biceps so come on. The, the, yeah and so nobody even, can beat that you wouldn't even call it you wouldn't even call it you just show the card and everyone would hand over the cards exactly. that they So Undertaker was one of them. Yes, you just showed the cut. And for Undertaker, it was the height. He was like six ten or seven something. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Other wrestlers called him a method actor on the lines of De Niro and Al Pacino because he would never break character. Whether he was touring with his troupe in cheap motels, even when room service would be ordered, he would play Undertaker there as well. So <laughs> people found that entertaining. And now he's talking about man, I have been Undertaker in my real life for so long. I don't know how. what callaway or what mark callaway is who that guy is yeah also he was also offered movies because all these guys ka exit strategy is hollywood but this guy did not do that because oh. how do you go from an undertaker ka persona to a movie and then back to undertaker persona so he was like no no i'm just going to do this so apparently stories say that he gave up on multiple movie offers dedication to one's cause to another level so he said no to money i know i know man we know way too much of this idea <laughs> See, we were up to no good when we were teens. I tell you, and painful, yeah. And, and, and initially, you know what? Just last, last little bit of trivia for you, because in the initial days, there would be some seven-foot monsters uh, as competitors, and Vince McMahon would basically send them Undertaker's way. These guys were not trained, and they would actually beat him up. They didn't know how to pull their punches. Like you have to train to entertain, right? And then he, his thing was he would always keep a poker face, right? Have you ever seen Undertaker react, cry, laugh? Nothing. He's just so he took those blows with a poker face, and he was wondering, "Kick them, look, what are you doing? I have to train you guys properly." He, he never grimaced. He took it all on his chin. So all the best to him, post-retirement life. Absolutely. It's it's so the so the storyline is fake. Yeah, but the things that they do, it's real. Seventeen surgeries are real. Yeah. Ah uh, well, let's move on. What is the next topic that we have? What do we have here? Oh, this is an interesting one. You sent this to me surprisingly. It's about trains in Japan are now going to be carrying sounds of dog barks to scare away deer. I think it was Japan's Railway Technical Research Institute. They came up with this Technical Research Institute. they came up with dog barks <laughs> and very ingenious if you think about it they had previously experimented with putting lion feces on the track yeah. so that they could scare away the deer because they were getting run over by these trains but then they would these lion feces would get washed away in the rain so this is what they came up with a train that barks like a dog and snorts like a deer yes it starts with a 3 second blast of sound of a deer snorting mm. which attracts the animal's attention and then 20 seconds of dog barking 
<laughs> this is because it's a serious case where uh, you know road kills or train kills in this case yeah. used to be i think in 613 cases in 2016 and uh, it would also delay trains by 30 minutes or so and in japan i think delay is basically basically criminal yeah yeah exactly right they also mentioned that okay not in every time deers are not killed but it delays trains the pain in writing the delay part was so much more than actually killing the deers sure. because that is actually true did you trivia do you know that in japan tell me if i want to told you about this part in japan if the train is late you can actually there is a desk set up and ready made train delay vouchers are available train excuse notes so that if you are late for a meeting it is totally okay people have given those notes to me saying that i am late for this meeting because my train was delayed and i am not lying here is an official delay note from the train station master see now this is why we should be covering at least one japanese story every indicast what a phenomenal cultural difference that japan shows to all of us across the world i think not just india yahan pe if you are late they'll say boss you should have accounted for delays from the train from autos and from buses because that's the way of life yeah it's like tera galti hai you should have set the meeting up half an hour before and then called me right if you wanted to start on time right. oof another reason another trivia is because it's japan these sounds right those 20 second dog barks and 3 second deer snorts they will not be blared in areas where people live they they don't want to upset anyone and by the way if you are wondering why are the deer near the tracks it is because of iron deficiency uh, that is what the scientists believe is that there is a lot of small little iron pieces lying here and there and deer congregate on the railway lines to lick the tracks deer have figured have come up with this way of getting iron supplements to have a balanced diet huh. uh, same thing happened with canada just a week ago have you been to jasper's national park there not have yet no, no. Ah. so wo log ne kya kiya they put out signals or signboards saying do not let moose lick your car the background to that was that uh, same same problem there moose this 800 pound animal these animals they don't just get killed but they also get the drivers killed some of them because they yeah, are exactly. you know they are huge right so wolok yeah. ka bhi same problem hai that they need salt as an essential mineral so they get that on in lakes but salt is also splashed on the roads to prevent ice from being formed during these winters the, the moose community knows that you can get ready made salt there so the drivers are now been encouraged to you know don't let that don't let moose near you because it'll it'll be a problem so animals are quite intuitive that way absolutely absolutely india india mein bhi hua hai bhai se over 32000 animals are killed or were killed between 2018 and 2016 these include cattle lion leopards iit delhi came up with this uh, sensors on railway tracks they pick up movement uh, you know visual movement then an algorithm decides if that creature looks like an elephant that message is relayed to the station master who then gives it to the driver then the driver slows down or stops now it's a long process i don't know how successful it has been but uh, that is one thing that uh, they are trying there is another chapramati forest near the bhutan border 266 elephants have died uh, in 20 years until 2017 and uh, it's a little depressing that indian railways ka mascot itself is elephant they're also they're trying to figure some way 
by which the train driver knows that boss we have to you know slow down yeah those were the topics that we had for episode number 221 um we have started getting a lot of reviews and comments where people can follow us they keep on sending us messages so that's great to people who are listening please there are a couple of reviews that have fresh reviews that have been posted on iTunes as well in the review section so if you like this particular episode or what we are doing indicast itself please don't forget to post a review in in whichever app that you are using because that is how they rank and that is how we get discovered more people like you will get discovered please feel free to uh, tweet a link out to this particular episode on uh, on your preferred social media channel our website is available is available at www.theindicast.com try to follow us on google podcast or apple podcast to get the link the easiest way would be to go to theindicast.com and on the right hand side you have two buttons that will take you to the appropriate pages and then you just hit subscribe and then you have us for whenever we release an episode it'll get automatically downloaded that is about it abhishek until next time bye 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 bye